G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Some sections of our communities might appear to be undervalued. Well, a focus today back on the value of grandparents. It's not until you are a grandparent that you recognise that you have an important, influential role to play in the life of your grandchildren. Of course, not all grandparents are old. Lots of grandparents are on duty from late 30s into early 40s. Well, this year's National Grandparent Day and a National Grandparent Week will roll out again this year, the Grandparent Week in the last week of October. Well, our special guest today is Ian Barnett. He's the founder of the National Grandparent Movement. And there is a national conference that's coming up, not in October, but a month or so earlier, 16th of September. Ian Barnett is a former Senior Minister of the Fig Tree Anglican Church in the Illawarra and the National Grandparents uh, Conference is coming up and if you're in the uh, Illawarra region you might want to be part of that. But our special guest today is Ian Barnett. Ian, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to talk to you even after the last night's game. Uh, with the Queensland versus the Blues. I did notice listening to uh, David before, you've, you've had these two people from New South Wales on the phone. So. It's all right. And uh, he didn't it's mention the state of origin at all. But uh, but yes, I did stay up and enjoyed the last, uh, well, I enjoyed the whole game. But um, but yes, certainly the 32 points to six victory was certainly a sweet victory for the Maroons. And you were obviously yeah, staying up and uh, lamenting something that's gone wrong with the New South Wales side. Hey, uh, so true. <laughs> hey, you've got a, a special theme for this coming Grandparents Conference. And, uh, and to steal some terminology from a former Labor campaign, it's time. Uh, you've, mm. got a, you've got a real passion here because grandparents... Uh, sometimes you want to, you know, bid the retirement uh, area, lent the retirement end of your family responsibility. But you're saying it's this is something that's got to change. Yeah, look, we we know uh, you're much younger than I am, Neil. But uh, when you get to this stage of life, you do start to wonder about what's next, and we know what's next. And so we can't sit. My view is, I should say, we can't sit around waiting for things to change. We actually have to make a decision as grandparents to think, how do we make sure the faith we've lived with and the Jesus we know, how do we pass it on to those who follow us, especially our grandkids? And I think we have to be intentional about that. Uh, we can't just leave it, leave it to chance. It just doesn't happen by osmosis. And uh, I think more and more grandparents that I've connected with through the conference and the ministry are wanting to know how can they leave a faith legacy to the young ones who are following them. Hey, you are just a, a little context here, Ian. Your wife uh, is Rhonda. You've got three yep. married children. You've got seven grandchildren. So you're right yep. into uh, the middle of you know grandparenting parenting responsibility. What are the ages of your grandchildren, by the way? Yeah, look, the uh, out of the seven, a perfect biblical number, the youngest is four and the eldest is 16. 
And so we have experienced the joys of the young ones and now we're watching the older ones go through, I suppose I'd say, the challenging years of being a teenager and the pressure they feel from the world around them. So, yeah, we have... uh, uh, seven great grandkids, and uh, we're capturing and getting used to what it's like to be in their life. And uh, I must admit too, I am a grandparent. Uh, I've got four grandchildren. We've got uh, we've got four daughters. They've all grown up. Three of those are married. Uh, four grandchildren. The eldest is only four. Uh, the youngest is one. So when you're a grandparent, uh, when your grandchildren are young, at the the lower end, like mine are, uh, you tend to be in this sort of um, you know uh, sort of uh, I'm not sure what you call it. Um, you know, you're just enjoying the journey of being a grandparent and you're watching your kids uh, go through some of the challenges that you went through yourself. But when your kids yeah. get, when your grandchildren get to teenage years, uh, there's extra responsibility perhaps on the shoulders of a grandparent. Any thoughts here? Because uh, things do change, don't they? When, when you've got the little ones and then they, then they start to grow up. Yeah, look, I think if I could generalise and say, uh, Neil, under 10, you have a very special relationship with them. You can engage with them, talk to them, pray with them, things like that. But once they start to move beyond 10, uh, the responsibility and your activity changes. It's certainly going to be more one-on-one. It's probably more emotional. It's not as physical as maybe being when you're a bit younger and they were smaller. Now it's far more about talking to them as they grow and change and get challenged and being able to listen more uh, to what they're experiencing, and being able to speak into that situation with the wisdom that God has given us. It's not as if somehow we're men and women who don't have wisdom from God. And I think as we do that, we start to understand the things that they're experiencing in the world they're living in, and we can speak into that, encourage them, support them. And I think you find that, you know, I hate to say it, but as we get older and as they get older, the relationship does change. They're hanging out with their friends more. Uh, they're uh, connecting more through social media and things like that. And so we probably have to work a bit harder to be in their space uh, to make our connections that much more special. Uh, and so that is one of the significant changes we all experience. You know, I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today and uh, to join in. Uh, Ian, just uh, put you in the deep end, uh, you know, don't expect uh, easy questions perhaps from some <laughs> listeners who might be concerned about some issues around grandparenthood. Uh, let me just raise one, put you in the deep end here. Uh, when, your kid, when your grandchildren are reaching that 10 plus and getting into those tweens and teenage years, uh-huh. um, experimenting, uh, trying to uh, find their own identity, uh, sometimes apart from family and sometimes there's division, you might be called on as a grandparent to take sides. So when you're a grandparent of a teenager who's got some uh, some real battles going on, there's wedges in the family and uh, they're uh, disagreeing with their parents who are your children uh, and you want to be the grandparent in the mix, how do you approach things like taking sides, do you think? Uh, very cautiously. Uh, and very gently. Uh, I would even go as far as that it's it's unwise to take sides because you do need to realise that you are second on the the rung. Uh, The parents are the prime ones with responsibility. And if you go down the path of wanting to take sides with the grandkids over the parents, and don't forget, I'm sure like you, Neil, kids do have arguments with their parents. 
And uh, as they often try and divide mum and dad, they'll also try and divide grandparents with parents. Uh, it's best to listen. It's always best to make sure that you support the parents' uh, decision. You may not agree with it, but if you want to maintain, because it's all about maintaining a healthy relationship. If you go down the path of seeking to support the grandkids over the parents, I hate to say it, the outcome of that is that you may not even have contact with the parents anymore. Um, and so you've got to be cautious, you've got to be prayerful, and nearly part of the challenge, I think, is Neil as a grandparent, is you've got to learn how to zip your lip sometimes. Uh, as much as we might like to speak into every situation, it might be helpful and better if we just think about what's being said first before we jump in. And so I'm always cautious about that. Look, if it's a matter of life and death, certainly speak gently to the grandchild, but speak to the parent first. And so you can actually talk to the parents and say, look, I'm noticing that little, you know, uh, Matilda or Isabella or Jeff, they're thinking this, you know, how can I help you through this? So offer your assistance before you offer your opinion, would be my advice. Well, you need to be obviously very diplomatic and you have to have a certain level of wisdom and uh, you haven't had to pass this way before. So uh, gleaning some wisdom from others who've been there before might be a very useful thing because, as you say, Ian, if you don't get things right in order to, as you say, first of all, support the first tier, and that is the parents, mm. uh, and then be that listening ear and uh, you might even find yourself in a, you know, at a sort of a mediatorial uh, position too because if you don't do that, if you don't have the right, ris- uh, uh, the right uh, position there, you risk alienating everyone. So you might lose your own children, lose your own grandchildren because you've been unwise. That'd be the risk, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And, uh, and often the grandkids actually just want you to agree with what they're saying. And that's often not going to be the case because you may not want to agree with what they're saying, especially in this world we're living in where things like gender and identity and desire and all sorts of access to phones, you name it, uh, they always think their parents are being mean. As much as the parents are trying to work out what does it mean to be a parent in 2023, I think grandparents are trying to work out what does it mean to be a grandparent in 2023. With all the change that we've experienced in the last you know, three to five years, I think it's a challenge for everyone uh, to, under- to work out and understand how do we speak into the, the current world we're living in. Uh, and so you're right, because the danger is if, you, if you're bitter or too quick to speak, and we know we're called to be slow to anger and slow to listen, uh, if you're too quick to speak, there's a consequence to that. And that is indeed, as you said, can, can alienate those around you. Just to touch on your conference that's coming up in September, um, training for grandparenthood. Uh, when you get to be grandparent age, uh, you might assume that you've got some wisdom that's going to get you through this next time in your life. Um, but, uh, but is there something that every grandparent needs to be mindful of? Is there a necessity to rub shoulders with others who are going through the same experience? Uh, there's an awful lot to lose, but perhaps there's an awful lot to gain as well. So uh, at a conference like the one you're running, is, is it like a training for grandparenthood? Yeah, it is. And I like the way you, you said that. There is always a lot to lose, but there's far more to gain. And so the conference on the 16th of September is both in person at a church in Wollongong, and we get about four to 500 people gather, but it's also online. And what we've encouraged people who join online is they're getting groups together, church together. So we've got people from Melbourne, uh, north of Sydney, uh, 
Ballarat, uh, Queensland, they're getting people in their own church together to watch it together. And the whole thing is, it's nearly this thing about rubbing shoulders with other grandparents. You never know how the experience of another grandparent can nearly mirror your own experience that you're going through, and you can learn from that. Like, we've got people coming along uh, this year. One young lady, police lady, for example, she's in her middle 50s. She never thought she'd end up having to raise her grandkids for all sorts of reasons. And so she's very new in that world. She's had her own kids, but circumstances now have her raising little ones. And it's a whole new world. One, because we're older, uh, our bodies don't physically respond as they once did, uh, and you get more tired. But you, God does give you a certain level of capacity to speak and care and have compassion that maybe you didn't have for your own kids. Um, but you can learn so much from hanging out and talking to other grandparents. And I've got to say, you know, that's one of, been one of the great side benefits of gathering together. Uh, how much people learn from those who are speaking, but also from those they sit around and have lunch with, which they make nearly lifelong connections, we've noticed as well. So you're right, there's such a value in connecting with others. And I think we see that in the secular world through groups like Probus and all sorts of other groups, Lions Club, I don't know what's in Queensland, where people just like hanging out with those who have a similar age and vintage, and you just learn from them as you listen and grow. And as you say, it's time, and uh, you've chosen that little slogan as something very important for grandparents because the thought of leaving a faith legacy is ultimately important, but times are changing so fast, Ian. Kids are exposed to radical ideas like never before uh, to just take to heart for a few moments and uh, reflect on the thought that it's time might mean that you just can't uh, rest on your laurels and think everything's going to be good. You have to be on the ball as a grandparent. Uh, You really do. And uh, uh, I love the words that the Apostle Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And he speaks, he says to Timothy, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. And I love that when I think of being a grandparent. Uh, He talks about the things that have happened to him. But he encourages Timothy to realize, you know, continue what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those you've learned it from. And I think to myself, I think grandparents underestimate how much they know and how much they've learned along the way about God, about community, about their faith. And if they don't share it, we're actually nearly saying we're letting the world shape our kids and our grandkids. And at the moment, as you've said, the world is such a confusing place. Like every second or third question we're getting at the moment is tied in with this question about identity, gender. How do we speak to our grandkids about these things? Because they are searching for answers. And parents might be a bit reluctant to... Uh, speak directly about that, whereas I think grandparents do know the profound truth that God has revealed through his, through his word, that we can speak directly and listen and encourage them to say, look, you're going to go through all sorts of feelings and emotions over the coming years, but understand this is who you know God has made you, and be there with them, support them. And again, you, I'd like to think that our grandkids can look at the grandparents' way of life, their consistency, their purpose, the fact that maybe they've been there for the grandkids, shown faith and love and endurance, 
And that will have a lasting impact on the grandkids, in my view. There's a website where you can find out some details about the conference at ngmlegacy.com.au. There's videos, there's commentaries, there's blogs, because it's all about getting grandparents ready to take responsibility. And when we say, Ian, that this is a difficult time, things are changing quickly, there's lots more confusion than ever before, uh, this is a time to actually maintain the relationships with your own adult children who are parents to your grandchildren. And sometimes those sorts of divisions get in the way, don't they? Because we've got some broken relationships in the midst. Yeah, it's so true, Neil. And I think we'd have to say the last 10 to 20 years with probably... I'm a baby, but I'm born in 1956, and I suppose we never thought we'd see such heartache with our kids. But the reality is... Many of those who are over 60, like I am now, are seeing the marriages of their kids break down, which adds an extra burden in terms of connection. And nearly the old phrase, whose side do you take? Uh, and then we add blood is thick into water. So it just gets more complex uh, as we move into the future. And now, of course, you're right, culture itself is changing so much that different types of questions are being raised by parents and especially by our grandkids, and they're, they're looking for answers. And so... Uh, it's challenging uh, and it's not getting any easier and I can't even see that it's going to be easy in the future. But I think we need to be in the space to actually at least say something and engage. Uh, come back to a scriptural foundation for us. And uh, you were talking about scripture in the first part of our conversation, but there's uh, one biblical reference from Deuteronomy chapter 4. Uh, verse 9 says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. There's a certain sense in which uh, right from Old Testament times, uh, this has been a part of God's way of passing on culture. Any thoughts here as a Christian leader and as a Christian grandparent, what sort of responsibility we have here? Yeah, look, you're so true. I mean, Deuteronomy speaks directly into that. We see the experience that Paul talks to Timothy about with his grandmother Lois, uh, his mother Eunice, in the sense that there's been something going on in the lives of older people engaging with the generations that follow them. Uh, you see that same thing in Psalm 78. Verse 6, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. So there's a biblical, am I allowed to say, mandate that when we think of the Great Commission from Matthew 28, the grandparents have a role to play in passing on their knowledge of God. It's that great word that you said, remember what God has done. Don't forget these things. Write them on your heart. Tell someone about them. And I think maybe grandparents have forgotten that and have found it hard to speak up about what they know, because often we're shouted down or their own kids may not want to listen to them. But I tell you what, the grandkids are now living in a time when they really do want to know some things about life and their direction and purpose. Uh, cost of living is high. What's the future look like when you're a 14, 15, 16-year-old person? What career do you take? Uh, all those things. The Bible says, look, tell them about the God that you know. Help them remember. Help them know who you know as they watch your life. Uh, and look, my guess is grandkids, as they grow up, they do see their grandparents' lives. They see how their grandparents interact with their parents. Are we gracious? Are we bitter? Are we kind? Do we speak uh, you know, in an appropriate way to their parents? And so 
There is a profound mandate that you see across Scripture to remember to pass on the knowledge we have to those who are following us. Is there value in repairing relationships that might have a division that's going on? So uh, with your own adult children, perhaps, um, because if you don't have that relationship, uh, then you're not sort of working in unison with them, are you? Because uh, you've, you've, got, uh, you've got lots of different directions, lots of different opinions, lots of different convictions, all, uh, all saying something, and kids, well, maybe inclined to even walk away from everybody. Uh, any thoughts here about repairing relationships with your own adult children uh, so that you can be an effective grandparent? Yeah, look, and uh, again, you're touching on all the hard ones. If only I had a magic wand and could suggest to people here, if you do these one or two things, it'll all be good. Uh, Forgiveness is pretty profound. I love Romans 12 when it says, as far as it concerns you, live at peace with others. That actually includes your own family, as far as I'm concerned. Um, You can't make others do what you want them to do. But the reality is, when, firstly, if you've experienced hurt, you do need to forgive the other, no matter what their response will be. And it may take time for them to come around, but you need to make sure that first and foremost, you, it's the whole Lord's Prayer reality, you know, forgive as I've forgiven you. So you need to forgive. You need to be gentle. If hurt has been caused and you know why you've caused the hurt, then in terms of repairing a relationship, take small steps to start with. You do need to talk about what you did so they understand that you understand you're wrong and you therefore need to say sorry about the hurt caused. So you can't hide from these things. And I think often it's always done face-to-face. Don't text, don't phone, uh, don't do it through social media. See the, see the one you love and talk to them and say, look, I'm sorry about what I said, um, and, and apologise, and do actually ask them for their forgiveness. I've, as, as I've encouraged people to do that, I notice more and more that uh, they take great first steps to move towards reconciliation. I've got to say, you know, Neil, there's no magic here. Uh, you may see relationships restored in this life. You may not, but you can take the small steps where you acknowledge if on your side wrong has been committed, Uh, and you can seek forgiveness. If someone has committed wrong to you, then you do have to forgive because otherwise bitterness will grow. And once bitterness starts to grow, it gets worse and worse. You can't really, uh, unless you forgive, it'll just uh, take you down a very different path. Uh, let's stay with the thought that there's division uh, because uh, if there's great relationship, maybe you don't need as much advice. Uh, but if there's division, then perhaps you need some wonderful insight and uh, how to overcome those challenges. Uh, you could feel as though uh, you are past your use-by date. And even if you don't <laughs> feel as though you are, it may be that your kids, uh, or you have this perception that your kids think you are. When you are on the outer a little, uh, I guess sometimes the only big statement you can make is to be the best example you can be. Uh, just mm-hmm. taking this, uh, just taking this sort of negative uh, position here about uh, you know when everything's gone wrong. Uh, how important is it to just keep the example strong? To you know, as a Christian believer and as a grandparent, that's all the more important, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, and you know. Again, if you now have walked with the Lord for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, you do know about things like grace. You do know 
you know, can I just quote, dare I say, Luke's gospel, there is Jesus on the cross um, saying to those around them, which I find is an incredible con- concept of grace, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do. I think as we get older, we actually have to say, look, I need to extend grace because they may or may not understand what they're saying or the impact on what they're saying. And that is so true in our lived experience and the reality we live. We need to make sure that we are growing in grace. Dare I say, we've got to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. It actually has to be seen from us. Don't worry about what they're doing. But the whole reality of love and joy and peace, let alone, you know, if we jump back to joy, joy in our latter years, are we demonstrating the joy that the next chapter of our lives will be with our Lord forever. Uh, joy, peace, patience, you know, maybe we need to grow a bit more in patience. But all those things need to be seen by others as we wrestle with this division um, because we know how easy it is to say a word or two that can cause harm. We probably even know the topics that can cause division. Um, and so I'm just saying, you've got to be wise in how you approach those things. You've got to actually seek nearly permission from your son or daughter or son-in-law uh, about how you handle something. Because what I'm noticing, and I think David Robertson touched on it before in your previous interview, at the moment in our culture, whether it be politically, religious, religiously, the voice, all sorts of things, it's like we're all the polar opposites. It's hard to find middle ground on any topic at the moment. Uh, everyone seems to be anxious and everyone seems to be, I don't want to say angry, but just really annoyed when you have a different opinion. Um, and so I think it, we're being called upon to demonstrate the truth of Christ in us, especially if you want to maintain a healthy relationship. And you've got all this noise that's happening, and you might say, outside of your family. In some ways, you've got uh, a little bit of a family culture, and sometimes you might think of that as like a bubble. And you've got to maintain a bit of a family culture bubble, haven't you? And we've been talking about grandparents, but there's three generations involved here. Uh, you've got the grandchildren, you've got their parents, and then you've got the grandparents. We've been talking about the grandparents. A little focus here to the parent for a moment because there'll be some listening saying, yes, I can see these three generations. You're talking about my family here. But for the parents and their attitudes towards the grandparents because they'll actually play a very important part too. Uh, the sort of respect that grows out of that family culture around uh, the things that you might think or say or the sorts of comments that might come around the family dinner table or when you're in those times where you've got a family conversation going here. What are your thoughts here for people who are parents in that middle generation mix, how they talk about and how they treat the grandparents? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, thank you for asking it. I think I'll hang up now, uh, <laughs> because that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to understand that when uh, our children marry someone else, they're entering into a whole other family context, and the families they've grown up in might take very different views about a whole lot of things. Um, and so I think when we're engaging with the parents, uh, we have to understand that they will, will more than likely have some opinions that are the same, but more and more different opinions. Um, and so we have to deal with them graciously. We have to, uh, yeah, nearly, you know, we need to smile. We need to speak the truth. This is a wrestle I think culture's having at the moment because it seems to be as you speak truth to our parents, 
they get very annoyed because then they use the phrase, well, that's not my truth. And I think we've grown, I know I've grown up in a season in my life uh, where truth is truth. It's not as if somehow I can change that, whereas the culture of our parents, I think, they're, they're really finding that hard. And they want to question what truth is now because they're being pushed to the wall about, well, no, it's okay to believe whatever you believe which nearly captures Paul's comments to Timothy about in these last days. I know we're living in the last days, and people are believing whatever they want to believe, which we're experiencing. Uh, and so around the dinner table, uh, you want to maintain relationship, you want to enjoy the fellowship, you want to see them again, uh, and so you do not want to say things that will cause permanent breakage in the relationship. And so you need to be uh, praying about wise words before you speak, and you need to, you've got to make sure your tones, can I say this in your conversation, are not raised. <laughs> I think grandparents, from my experience, and I can speak personally here, it's very easy to get annoyed. Uh, <laughs> it's very easy to want to raise your voice and, dare I say, shout and think, but that's just not right. Now, that's all true, but how you do that is crucial. Uh, and so you've got to maintain that in a healthy way. Uh, in a, and also in a generous way. Be generous to your parents. Be generous to their parents. Be generous to the daughter and son-in-law. Be generous when there's divorce that's happened, which just adds a further complexity. Uh, be there to support them. Love them. And even say things like, look, I actually you know, don't agree with that, but I'm pleased we can talk about it. Because you're wanting to maintain that. My suspicion is you'll have a flood of people who'll want to be a part of this uh, National Grandparents Movement Conference you've got coming up in September because part of what you're going to be doing in making presentations, and you'll have guest speakers, uh, is talking about leaving a faith legacy. Now, uh, interesting, living or leaving a faith legacy, uh, you want to live that legacy, don't you? Because oftentimes we're thinking of the things that we'll leave to our children and to our grandchildren comes by way of some sort of financial inheritance. And that mm. may actually be the lesser of the valuable things you leave. When you talk about a faith legacy, you're talking about something more valuable than money, aren't you? Absolutely. As much as our children, I don't know what the cost of living is like in Queensland, but as much as our children might like us to uh, move on now and just give them the material assets from their inheritance, those things of this world don't last. The things that do last and will last is faith in Jesus Christ. And that is the thing, because I say that because I want to see my children and my grandchildren in heaven with me. And unless I accept that, uh, then there's a real challenge. We can give them things of this world that fade and and rust, and, and, you know, we don't, don't last. But the faith in Christ, this legacy that Deuteronomy talks about, that the Psalms talk about, that Paul sees in Timothy, is something that is so key to their future. And their future, not just here, but their eternal future. And the more intentional we are about that, the greater the chance that God will use us in this particular chapter of our, our life. Because I'm, I'm always keen to think about Paul writing in Philippians chapter 1 that you know, God will finish the good work he started in you. I don't think at 60 or 70 or 80 that somehow God says, well, that's it, you can just stay at home and watch Netflix. I think God still wants to use you, uh, and he wants to use you in particular in your own family of influence. Uh, and so let's make sure we are speaking about the faith we've walked with uh, so we can pass it on to others. I must admit, Neil, 
I was really inspired again this year by the movie The Jesus Revolution that's tied around Greg Laurie. I was listening to Greg on your program uh, again. I was involved with Greg in a crusade in Wollongong back in the year 2000, and the movie was fantastic. It did remind me of all the things that Christians used to do in the 70s and 80s. And I remember the bicentenary. You might not have been born then in 1998. We went out door knocking, handing, handing out Bibles to people. And I think, wow, there was such passion and intentionality about sharing the good news with others. I think we've lost a bit of that. And maybe culture makes it hard today. But I tell you what, if we want to provide footsteps for future generations, then we need to speak into them right now. You know, footsteps for future generations, uh, this is so important. My suspicion is uh, this is one of those things that for everyone who is uh, over 40 or getting into young grandparenthood or into older grandparenthood, uh, this is one of those really, really important issues because if you're looking at a light for the future, somehow or other you've got to have the next generations in mind. And it just draws to attention. Yesterday I had a guest on uh, who had such a dysfunctional family background uh, that I, uh, if I'm remembering the details correctly, she'd lost gr- both parents uh, to suicide and uh, mm. and mm. other siblings uh, by way of similar uh, downfalls. And in having discovered Christ, in having had an encounter and taking up this wonderful, gracious salvation and creating a new trajectory for a future, uh, that actually was an interruption uh, of what was the destiny for the next generations in her family. And there's a certain sense here, it's never too late, I suspect, as a grandparent to start to give attention to these things because the destiny of the next generations depends on what you do as a grandparent. Oh, look, that is so true. I was talking to a, a young lady on Sunday at a church we were at, and she was sharing with me, she's in her middle 40s, and she just simply said her fond memory and her strongest memory of her grandmother was that when she was around five, six, seven, for many years, all her grandmother did was pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and the grandmother never really thought she could do much or that maybe her time had passed or maybe there's no influence anymore, but she at least prayed the Lord's Prayer. That's the very thing that ended up bringing this woman into faith in Christ. Uh, And so you're right. Look, it's never too late. Don't underestimate how God can still use you now for the future. And ask him, can I be, ask God to use you. Ask God to use you as you connect with your children and grandchildren and seek opportunities, you know, in that space. If they're living a long way away, then write, you know, can I use the old name, write them a letter. Send them something at their birth time or just send them something, you know, to remind them that you're praying for them. Ask them what can you pray for. Just keep being in that space because it's never too late. And you know what? The small things really can have a lasting impact on their lives. Well, Ian Barnett, uh, you describe something so, so important. And for anyone who might have been thinking that the National Grandparents Movement is some sort of a (laughs) whole bunch of uh, old people sitting around being sentimental about the past, uh, you've turned that on its head. And uh, I suspect there'll be a lot of people who would love to connect with what you're doing because it sounds like a really contemporary movement. It's not uh, something for old people. This is something for grandparents who are concerned about the next generation and the next generation, and let's go on, the next generation and the next generation. And so for listeners, 
to connect with what is happening. Now, I mentioned that there is a national conference for the National Grandparents Movement coming up on the 16th of September. It'll be in the Illawarra region, in fact, at the Fig Tree Anglican Church, if you want to be there in person. And uh, as a grandparent, depending on your circumstances, you might want to be there in person or you could actually stream this online. Now, I assume that the streaming is all going ahead as it has done last year, and I think this is going from strength to strength each year, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, look, last year, well, maybe we're surprised, but we had around 400 people in in person, but we had over 400 online from around Australia, the UK, America. And so the streaming is certainly growing because of its capacity for people anywhere to lock in and to watch it, um, which has been great. I probably hadn't thought about that too much in the last few years, but uh, it's something that goes from strength to strength. And, uh, and Neil, I'm always encouraged to think that God is doing a new thing through old people. A new thing through old people. I like the sound of that. <laughs> and and given that there's so many of our listeners, uh, well, you know, in reality, won't be able to be there in person in the Illawarra, uh, but because you live in some remote areas or you're in WA, you're in the Northern Territory, you're in South Australia, Queensland, if you're in Victoria or Tasmania, if you're outside of New South Wales, you can actually participate in this. And additionally to this, you've got seminars that are running too for churches and community groups, as well as some Absolutely. small group ministry networks. Yeah. How does that yeah. work and how, does, how do people connect with those? Yeah, we travel, and so if people want to go to our website, which you've mentioned, thank you so much, ngmlegacy.com, uh, they just send me an email, and we actually go and run seminars at a whole range of churches around the place. And so that uh, can last on a, you know, just a whole Saturday. But what it does, it equips and encourages grandparents to be involved in their grandkids' lives. And so that's something that anyone can ask us to do, and we can arrange that for them in the future. And just as a little aside, and uh, I don't know whether this is the right forum to say this, but uh, is there room for some state leaders in other states? Uh, You know, is there expansion plans? Is there a succession plan that's in place so that you can really grow this movement from strength to strength? Uh, What sort of things have you got planned for, you know, for people who are being involved in some leadership levels in the national? Yep. We are touching base with a range of people in some other states, Tasmania, uh, in uh, Melbourne as well. Hopefully something in Queensland will come up with different leaders. We're trying to find people who have the same passion, who want to take it further. The secession planning is something I'm working on and uh, I don't know what that looks like yet, but we do want to see this be around for many decades to come because grandparents don't, you know, they're not going to end. <laughs> They'll keep going. And so we are looking at all those options and praying that God will lead us to the right people for the right time. Wonderful. Well, Ian Barnett, I'll point listeners to the website to connect with you. And on all these different levels, there'll be people who are interested to connect with the National Grandparents Movement. It's ngmlegacy.com.au ngmlegacy.com.au and even right now there's resources available videos commentaries blogs and so as a grandparent interested in the future ngmlegacy.com.au and that's where you'd be able to register to be a part of the conference that's coming up on the 16th of September Uh, and if you can't be there in person uh, you might want to get a hold of that live stream and make your own plans in your community ngmlegacy.com.au Wonderful getting your insights once again Ian thanks so much for joining us on 2020 Thank you Neil, much appreciated you take care and have a great day 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 